Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into another edition of Final Whistle. As always, I'm your host, Blaine Spencer. With me, I'm back on the Seton Hall carousel to bring in my Seton Hall buddies. I got freelance sports journalists and PR, Matt Pignataro. Matt, thanks for taking some time out of your day to come on Final Whistle and talk sports with me. Thank you for inviting me. Good to, uh, good to finally catch up again. It's been a long time. Absolutely. So on this edition, we're going to break down every NFC playoff and AFC divisional playoff game. But first, there was some breaking news that took place out of the NBA on Wednesday. A little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of breaking news. James Harden has been traded to Brooklyn. I had to write down how, how this whole trade went down because it was a four-team deal between Brooklyn, the Rockets, Pacers, and the Cavaliers. So the Nets landed Harden. The Rockets get Oladipo, Exum, Kuroks, three first-rounders, one of them Milwaukee first round, and four Brooklyn first-round pick swaps. Most picks ever involved in a trade. The Pacers end up getting Karis LeVert and a second-rounder, while the Cavaliers get Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. A lot to digest here, Matt. What was your initial reaction, and how do you think the trade went down, in your opinion? So my initial reaction, I would say, to the Harden trade is, first, I was like, wow, they actually pulled the trigger, which for me, not that I'm a big NBA guy by any means, but just to see a player of Harden's caliber really go on the move to a team that already has two established stars, say what you want about Kyrie and his off-the-court antics, but he is one of the top probably 10 to 15 players in the game. And them having Durant, who's the clear-cut number two player in the game, I think that just adds a whole nother level of dimension. Do I think it'll work? Absolutely not. I think there's not enough, as they always say, there's not enough basketballs to go around. And those are three guys who are not, uh, you could say, the most pass-happy. You get a situation like Durant in Golden State, uh, where you have guys like Curry and Klay Thompson who are not super ball dominant, and Curry even is a little more of a passer, and then a guy like Draymond who is really a non-entity on offense, it'll work having all those stars. But this offense is just going to be pound the rock into the floor. I'm interested to see how Steve Nash handles all those egos. I think he walked in for his first head coaching job into a brutal situation to try to deal with. And now the expectations are even higher. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he reacts as a first-year head coach. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think more than anything, it's going to be trying to figure out how you're going to set up the lineup because you're going to have to almost stagger them at most of the points throughout the game so they can have that ISO ball and kind of get away with it. But most importantly, Brooklyn has nobody left on their bench. They have no oh, – yeah. They're, their their they're, bench is destroyed. Yeah, they're looking to sign me, I heard, to a 10-day just to provide <laughs> a little bit of depth at center. But – I think, it, I think it's funny as we see all these teams try to just compile as much high-end talent as possible. Obviously, Harden's one of the best players in the game. But when you're building a team to make a playoff run like we saw with Miami last year, granted, that was a whole different situation with the bubble. But we saw that they really had a team. They had a good outside presence in Dragic, Butler, and Tyler Hero coming on as a rookie. But they also had the inside game with Bam Adebayo. And I think what a lot of people are forgetting is – while you can't stop LeBron, I think we've seen that in year 16, 18, whatever we're in, the best way to slow LeBron down and the Warriors show that when they beat him in the finals is you just got to have big bodies at the rim. You got to throw guys like Kevon Looney at him. You got to throw guys like Andrew Bogut, seven footers who are just going to 
while they may not stop him, it's going to just be taxing on him by the third quarter to just be constantly going in and banging with those bodies. The Nets only have DeAndre Jordan now. They got rid of Jared Allen, which I thought was going to be a huge piece for them going forward. So say what you want. I guess this is Brooklyn's push all in, but is it enough to take out LeBron and AD? I, I don't see it. I really don't. Yeah, and I think more than anything now that they have, they're on a two-year window. If they don't have a ring within the next two years, and Brooklyn's New York's a very hard fan base to get people to rally behind. So if you are have not produced, especially this year, you probably at minimum you better be in the finals, and then next year you better be winning. You're gonna start hearing the Paul Pierce KG trade all over again. They're gonna be like, "This is our worst nightmare. We're screwed for ten years." Because I was watching a stat that came out yesterday. Kevin Durant will be 40 years old by the time the Brooklyn Nets have a first-round pick again. Oh, that's this, how how would, brutal is that? You would think, as a Nets fan, as a the Nets ownership, you saw how you just completely decimated yourself in the KG-Paul Pierce trade. While obviously this is completely different because you're getting Harden, who's in his prime. You're pairing him with two already super – super superstars it's a little bit different but at the same time it's like are we just gonna go with sort of like the Dodgers do in baseball all in we buy the best players right now we try to win every single year we don't care about the farm system doesn't matter we'll trade for anybody doesn't matter but on the side of Houston with those picks those pick swaps are really just in my opinion those are just We'll give you the pick swaps. They're never going to swap a pick with Brooklyn. Those picks are always going to be 25 or later. So they're just going to keep their pick. So as a return, as what they had to give up, I think Brooklyn actually got away with a little bit of a good deal just to get hard giving out Levert and Jared Allen. That stinks, but that's, that's what it costs to get an NBA superstar. Yeah. Yeah. It was just trying to figure out, where did this trade stack up? Because for me, I had Houston at the top because you knew Harden was destroying that team, especially when Boogie came out and said it the other night. And then landing Oladipo, he wanted out of Indiana. I think he's going to be willing to sign and negotiate a deal to stay in Houston, pair off with John Wall. I think they're now going to be one of the better backcourts because those guys have two motors at 110. So you're never, you know the game's never over when those two are going to be on the court. And – my sneaky pick, I love Karis LeVert to the Pacers. I really do. He's going to yeah. be able to be the guy there. They're all really relatively young on that entire squad. They're all going to grow and have team chemistry together. I really like LeVert to the Pacers. And the Pacers always, like, they get in, and then they kind of push you in that first series. You don't have, they don't end up winning. I think two or three years down the line, they're going to be able to actually potentially have a chance at an Eastern Conference Finals with all that youth. I really do. That's a bold yeah. take. No, they all no, stay you, together. I think that they all stay as if they all stay together. That's what they all say. But uh, <laughs> I do, I do agree with you that I think Houston won this trade. Obviously you get hardened out of town. I mean, I think we saw that that was fractured beyond repair and you get the picks. Uh, I mean, if you're them, if you're the GM of the Rockets, you are, you are attending every Oklahoma state basketball game possible praying that ping pong balls fall your way so you could get Kate Cunningham or even Jalen Green from the G League. I think they'll be they'll be interesting to watch. If I were them, I would expect another move. Just try to keep shelling off pieces because if you're them, you don't want to really make a push for the playoffs this year. I just think 
obviously, you know, you don't have the horses to go up against the Lakers or even the Clippers for that matter. So I think I'm, I'm living the boat where it's either we're gunning for the title or we're gunning for the number one pick. No in between. I don't want to be a perennial seven, eight, nine seed for the rest of my life. I hate that. Uh, Indiana, I think is very interesting. Uh, Karis LeVert, if he stays healthy, I think has a chance to be an all-star. The pairing of him and Sabonis, I think is going to be a very fun one to watch. I'm very big on Demontis Sabonis after he decimated Seton Hall a few years ago after the Big East title. But he just plays so hard, and he's actually developed a little bit of an outside game. So I'm extremely impressed with them. But, uh, yeah, definitely think the Pacers are a team to watch going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So lots of I digest there on that NBA trade. But we're going to switch gears now and go to a completely different sport. We're going to transition to NFL weekend. The divisional round is this week. We're going to break down every game. We're going to give a give our two cents as well as our picks for this week. So we're going to start off with the Packers versus the Rams, which will be 430 Eastern on Saturday. John Wolford, the quarterback, there was a potential whether it be him or Goff. Wolford is already ruled out. Jared Goff will get the start with his dislocated thumb with all the screws and pins in there. As you can see, when they played Seattle, he could not throw the ball anywhere. So it'll be really interesting to see Green Bay, the number one seed overall. They got the bye. Aaron Rodgers, the clear-cut MVP. Matt, break down this uh, matchup for me and who you got. Uh, I think this one is just – this one has a chance to be a runaway, unfortunately, for uh, the few Rams fans I know. I think the Packers – at home, off the bye, well-rested, everybody's healthy. They handle business quick, easy. Uh, Rodgers, like you say, clear-cut MVP. I think what's going to be a fun matchup to watch is Jalen Ramsey has been absurd this year. As a uh, DK Metcalf fantasy owner, I know all too well when you're playing the Rams. Uh, don't expect 30 points from uh, Mr. DK because Jalen Ramsey really takes away that half the field. Yeah. Big thing for the Rams is, is Aaron Donald going to be 100%? Uh, I think it's clear that he's not, but he is going to push through. Obviously, he has such a great impact on the game, but I really think Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams is the matchup to watch, but I think the Packers run away with this one. Yeah, I agree. I think Cam Akers is actually going to be a big piece. He was a huge factor last week as well. And you know how the Rams only won that game because their defense was absolutely lights out last week. And you're going to definitely that Aaron Donald injury is going to be really one to watch. How bad is his ribs actually going to be going in when he gets actually hit for the first time? He hasn't really practiced all week. So, you know, he hasn't been really doing the trench drills being in there against the first team offensive linemen. So it'll be interesting to see. And then again, for Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is again, Devontae versus Jalen Ramsey. Do does Green Bay have enough weapons because they get overly reliant on Devontae Adams? Aaron Rodgers knows that. How well is he going to uh, bring in the tight ends as well as using Marcus Valdez Scantling and the other rest of the wide receiving crew as well as using Aaron Jones out in the passing game? It'll be really unique to see. I agree with you though. I like Green Bay in this one. I just think the Aaron Donald injuries, I think, is a little bit worse than people actually have been let on. And I don't, th- he may, he may only see like, He's going to be on a limited snap count, I believe, on this Sunday, uh, yeah. Saturday. Excuse me. So give me Aaron Rodgers. The spreads, I think, six right now. I'd act, I think I would take the six as well. Yeah. I like I like the Packers by double digits. You're- yeah, mid January going to Lambeau with Jared. Snow Goff is a factor, th- I believe, too. If snow is a factor with Jared Goff injured, can't throw. Are you going to run Cam Akers forty times? I I just don't see it. Rams success. 
for them, I think this was a successful year for the Rams. Uh, look forward, just keep adding weapons, but successful year. Speaking, of course, with Andrew Whitworth going down basically for the whole year for them to even get this far. And I know he's a big piece of what they like to do on offense. Underrated matchup, Jair Alexander versus Cooper Cup on the outside. I think that's going to be, be interesting. Game. Cooper Cup's banged up too. We'll see how much he'll be able to play. Yep. So let's try. That was our pick for we got, We both have Green Bay there potentially in a runaway. So watch out, Rams fans. You're not going to be like listening to that one. But let's transition to the nightcap, which I believe is the game of the weekend. You have Baltimore versus Buffalo. And I'm sorry to Bills Mafia fans. This was the one matchup you didn't want to happen this weekend. You were rooting for Pittsburgh heavily on Sunday night. <laughs> and Cleveland ended up coming out victorious. But you're going to be going against Lamar Jackson. And I think this is going to this is going to be a quarterback battle where it's either going to be a game that's 10 to 3 or it could easily be 41-38. It's either going to be high scoring or low scoring. There is no in-between with these two squads. And you know Lamar Jackson's going to be the greatest athlete on the field, but for me personally, Josh Allen will be the best quarterback on the field. So I think Josh Allen will do it at take it away late. That spread is two and a half towards Buffalo. I actually like Buffalo by a field goal. It's going to be a very tight game. Watch special teams play a critical role as well. What do you got, Matt? Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're if you're a Bills fan, this has been season season of dreams. The way Josh Allen is really coming to his own as a quarterback, as a professional, the way he's handled himself uh, has been great. The one thing that makes me nervous, we go back to last year's playoff game and we have Josh Allen laterals over the back of his head. They, are we going to get that Josh Allen that tries to do too much because he's going up against such a superior athlete like Lamar who can make so much happen on the ground? Or are we going to get the Josh Allen that we saw all year? It's a big question. Uh, the Ravens are really coming into their own at this time day. They get off the bus and they say, we're going to get 250 on the ground. Are you going to let us get 500 total? Because we're still getting that 250 on the ground. So if the Bills can stop the run, I think they definitely have a chance. Uh, I like the Bills, like you said, by a field goal. I think that's a safe play. Uh, at home, uh, the Bills have just been so dominant this year, and that defense is coming into its own. Stephon Diggs has obviously been the best receiver. Him versus Marlon Humphreys will be really fun. But I like the Bills by a field goal as well. Yeah, and again, another one where weather is going to be a factor. How How is Lamar going to adjust to finally playing in snow for the first time? Especially when he had issues with his – he's had issues with his cleats on those rainy days. He's going to be dealing with wet snow. It's going to be really interesting how often he's going to be sliding around trying to get that traction to get up to his 4-4 speed. But so Buffalo, again, we're going to find out. I think this is Buffalo's chance to really – push themselves and have an advantage here. Again, Bill's Mafia, you have fans there this weekend. Again, second time in history, this, excuse me, this season having fans. So unique perspective there. So let's flip it over to Sunday. We're going to be taking a peek here at first matchup is Cleveland versus Kansas City. And we, everyone thinks this could be even more of a wash than the Green Bay Rams game. It's going to be really interesting. I have Cleveland at this per percent of a chance of getting it done. Matt, do you, what does Cleveland have any shot this on Sunday? Shockingly enough, I think Cleveland definitely has a shot. Uh, however, do I think they're going to win? No, that's besides the point. The Browns have the best running game in the NFL with Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb and that offensive line. They got past the Steelers last week, who I thought were overrated all year. But as long as Baker doesn't turn the ball over 
and make smart decisions and they just control the clock, they definitely have a chance to beat the Chiefs. We saw the Patriots do it a few years ago where they just, Pat Mahomes, you're going to get eight possessions the whole game. You better score on all eight possessions or else you're going to lose. And it worked. So I think that's the key to being the Chiefs. A lot of people are saying, is there going to be rust with is there going to be rust with Mahomes not playing week 17, obviously coming off the bye? I don't see it. I still think he's the best player. He's the best individual player in the sport. Uh, I got the Chiefs. Probably I would say, what's the spread on this game? It's nine and a half. It's high. I would probably take the Browns uh, with the points, but I would have the Chiefs winning by probably a touchdown or two. But this game could always end up in a blowout if Mahomes – and Tyreek and Travis Kelsey open if up. They the really want to play football. <laughs> yep. If they come out and they want to play and just pin the ears back, this game could be a complete wash, but I got the Chiefs by a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I like Cleveland on the points. I think they're going to be able to maintain the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. For me, it's going to be Cleveland. You have to have three drives of seven and a half, eight minutes plus. There needs yep. to be 12 plays. You need to just ground it. Ground and pound, two downs, and if you get within third and manageable, you go again on third down. Stefanski, you got to be willing to run the ball and go for it as much as possible because touchdowns is, is the only way you're winning games. You settle for field goals, you got no chance against this high-octane offense in Kansas City. And I think people forget that Andy Reid is pretty much insurmountable when on a bye. So I think he's going to have the perfect game plan set up. Again, Mahomes. Edward Tolaire is supposedly going to be back this week as well. Going to be really hard to stop this Kansas City offense. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to take a lot of – there's been a lot of criticism about him in these past, especially even leading up to having that Week 17 bye. He was struggling those last four weeks. He's going to take yeah. it personally, and he might – and no Denzel Ward again for Cleveland this weekend. So this it could get ugly, on it especially could, this, in the second This game area. could get ugly. It could get ugly fast, but like you said, the Browns got to have at least three possessions of seven and a half, eight minutes. If Chubb and Kareem Hunt don't combine for about 35 rushes combined, I think the Chiefs are going to blow them out. I yeah. think that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. How many Stefanski, and you know how Baker Mayfield is, and I've, I've came out and said this publicly, I think he's a – more mobile version of Kirk Cousins because he fits because the it's the way it's the way they have set it up. Stefanski came from Minnesota. He's made it easier for him. He's rolled him out a lot more. He's taken away half of his reads. It makes the decision uh, making for him a lot easier. He's got to be. He's going to have to be perfect. So we're going to see how Baker plays as well, especially a Kansas City secondary that's a lot usually hit or miss. Their defense yeah. can be lights out one night and then the next night they're giving up forty. So. Yeah, it's a very interesting mix in Kansas City. But again, like you, Matt, I like Kansas City to win. I think Cleveland will keep it close, especially if that that spread might jump up to double digits by kickoff. Definitely take Cleveland there if it gets yeah. up to 10 and a half, 11 points. So let's wrap it up with our final matchup that we have. Uh, the Battle of the Old Men on History Channel, as Frank Caliendo so eloquently put it the other night. So if you ever see, if you see that on Twitter, go check that, that is, out. That was funny. Really it will be a History Channel matchup for sure. Yeah. So Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, part three this year. New Orleans has absolutely had the Buccaneers number. They've blown them out twice. It's going to be really interesting to see. I think Tampa Bay has finally figured out how to utilize Antonio Brown correctly now, too. They're starting to hit their stride offensively. And, again – 
like Kansas City, Tampa Bay has a hit or miss defense. They could be absolutely lights out or they could be giving up 30 in a heartbeat. So what do you see in this New Orleans-Tampa Bay matchup? Uh, just like in any sport, I think it's really tough to beat a team three times and beat a team handily three times. Uh, granted, the Saints might have the best roster top to bottom in terms of depth and talent everywhere. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how much Michael Thomas is involved. Uh, this will be one of the first times that him, Kamara, and Drew Brees have played together all year. They've only played, I think, about 60 snaps, I think yeah, the number was that I saw. Last week, yeah, some ridiculous. Yeah. Like so that. if Michael Thomas gets involved and he's back at 100%, I think this game uh, could get ugly. However, I do expect the Bucs – uh, I do expect the Bucs to keep this one close just because, like I said, tough to beat a three team three times and beat a team soundly three times. Antonio Brown is really starting to find his role in this offense. And I really do think this is a make or break game for Bruce Arians as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Say what you want about their season. This has been great for them, obviously. But Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are so polar opposites personality wise. Tom Brady is a we got to be the first people in, last people out. We got to get reps, 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 practice, 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 most prepared. And Bruce Arians is a five o'clock. All right, shut it down. Let's live. Let's go hang out. Is that going to be, is that an issue there? I think it could potentially be. Could we see another head coach opening if they, if they get beat really bad there? I think we could in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I'm going out on a limb. I went on this on uh, when I was a guest the other day. I, I'm taking Tampa Bay. As you mentioned, it is so hard to beat the same team three times, let alone blow them out three times. At minimum, they're, I, the game's going to be tight. But I'm taking Tampa Bay because I trust Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's just about it. And you know it's pretty much it's become the last four or five weeks. It's his show. And you can see that they're starting to get the ball out faster. They're not forcing the ball downfield as much. They are doing that to help make Bruce Arians feel like it's still his offense, but it's really not. They're running Tom Brady's offense now and they're clicking. And I think a big factor is going to be Leonard Fournette on the ground. He had a really good game last week against Washington, almost a hundred yards. He also had a score. I think he's starting to come into his own as well. It's going to be really questionable whether Ronald Jones is going to play. So expect Fournette to be in a more of a featured role. He's the better pass catcher out of the two as well. So I think Fournette will have a decent day. And again, you have all three levels. You have Mike Evans down the field and offensively, you have Antonio Brown. He's now figured out how to work that intermediate role. And then you have Cameron Bray, Gronk and Godwin sharing those short crossing routes. So I really love this Tampa Bay offense. And I'm, I'm calling out JPP, dude. You, you got to have a monster game, Jason Pierre-Paul. Like, this is your show, and you know you're going to have to own the defensive front, especially against Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. You guys got to be monstrous to, in the trenches. And I, I'm hoping Devin White is supposed to potentially be back. If he plays, I'm loving Tampa Bay because he can, he can hang with Alvin Kamara all over the field. So – I think that's going to be a huge question mark is whether or not Devin White's going to be able to go on Sunday. Devin White is easily one of my favorite young players in the league. Uh, I was really hoping that uh, the Jets were going to be able to draft him. Uh, I believe it was last year, or two years ago, when he was on the board coming out of LSU. He's just a freak. He is everything you want 
out of an inside linebacker. And if he plays, uh, I think he definitely has potential to blow this game up, blow this game up for the Bucks defense. Uh, just wanted to know what, uh, how much Taysom Hill you think we're going to see in term in terms of the same? What do you think? That's a, I think it's going to be a lot lower than it was last week, especially after him turning the ball over and pretty much giving Chicago a couple opportunities by himself to actually stay in that game. But Chicago, they just can't score. So it doesn't yeah. matter there. I, I think you're going to see Taysom Hill on a limited basis. Really do. Because especially if White plays, you're going to have Levante David and Devin White all over him. And, and he's already banged up. He got injured a little bit. His knee got banged up last week. And then he was already dealing with a head injury. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he's going to be utilized. Yeah, so I would, uh, I would say a lot less than we're going to act. You're going to expect. Yeah. Uh, I, this is a big game. I think for both franchises, because the clock is ticking as we get into <laughs> NFL draft season. Uh, like, like we said earlier, this is a history channel matchup. The clock is ticking on these, on these two franchises. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you a quick question though. Does when the loser of this game, does, Either quarterback retire. Breeze, yes. I think Brady, no. I think Brady thinks he has more time because I think Brady sort of realizes the Bucks organization is mine now. And as we've always seen, uh, Brady just, he's a football guy, loves football. I mean, he went to the Bucks from the Patriots. If that's not such a drastic jump, I think it shows that he wants to play. I think Drew Brees is, I think he's washed. I think he really cannot throw the ball too well. And I think after the way Taysom Hill has played this year, I don't think the Saints would would have an issue moving off of him. So the clock is definitely ticking on both of these guys. I think should the Saints lose, I think Breeze definitely contemplates retiring. Yeah, I agree. I think Breeze is definitely out. The arm strength just really isn't there anymore. No more velocity on the ball. And he had one of the lowest yards per attempt in the league this year. So that'll be interesting to see. I agree with you, Tom. I think Tom Brady will stay. So mm -hmm. speaking of your Jets, you had mentioned it. There have been a couple of head coaching hires in the head coaching carousel this, that happened last night. Uh, first off was uh, Urban Meyer. He was officially signed to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, we all thought that Urban was going to be done. He announced it after that Rose Bowl victory in 2019. He was like, I'm done with coaching. It's going to be a real question for him. You, you know he's got this, the mind and the creativity to be able to create Jacksonville an opportunity to be great. It's all going to be about his health, honestly, with all those mental problems that he's yep. having. And then secondly, the, I think the Jets made a great hire yesterday as well. They hired I'm a Bay Area guy, San Francisco D coordinator, Robert Sala. He's been an absolute phenom for them these past three to five years as the D coordinator, part of that defensive team that took them to the Super Bowl. Uh, a year ago so Matt let's start with your Jets I know you're a Jets guy so what did you think of the hire so when the Jets were going out throughout their process we all knew Robert Sala would be a candidate that would be pretty high on their list being he is so intense he's what I like to call anti he's the anti-gase he is the complete op you will never see Robert Sala going and sitting on the bench alone for quarters at a time during a game, which is just going to be such a breath of fresh air. I think they hit a home run with this hire. Uh, was I a little nervous when Doug Peterson got fired? Yes. Was I nervous when we interviewed Marvin Lewis? Yes. But the report that came out today that uh, the Jets really had their heart set on two candidates, Robert Sala and the other being Arthur Smith from Tennessee, 
Uh, I think we would have hit a home run either way. I'm excited to get uh, Sala in there. Do I trust Joe Douglas now? Absolutely. He now has my trust. Now that he's got the head coaching thing right, I was a little nervous on Mackay Becton when he draft when he drafted him high. I had a uh, little bit of issues with some of the stuff that I heard coming out of Louisville, but clearly that's hit. Uh, hopefully, we uh, we do something good with the second pick. I think the report that came out today is Sal is going to bring over Lafleur from uh, San Francisco, and they're going to stick with Darnold at least for the year to see what they got. So it'll be interesting to see the Jets go Sewell at two, or if they're going to trade down to about five, maybe look at a guy like Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith, which either way, it addresses a need for us. Uh, I think Jacksonville, they did the right move hiring Urban Meyer. Uh, He's a Florida guy, obviously. I think the players are going to like playing for him. One of the interesting things I saw in Sports Talk this week is when we talk about the all-time head coaches in the sport football, we never really talk about Bear Bryant or Nick Saban, guys who really had that upper echelon of success at the NFL level. So I think this is to really cement as one of those all-time coaches, if he could turn around Jacksonville. Plus he gets arguably the best quarterback prospect as much as it pains me to say that being a South Carolina guy and uh, a Jets fan in Trevor Lawrence, knowing that we're going to miss out on him, but Getting Trevor Lawrence is definitely a good start. So you think you think Trevor Lawrence is good? I've heard a little bit of rumor that Justin Fields might sneak in there. That Ohio State bias. If Justin Fields is the number one pick, this will be the biggest botching of any draft of all time. Well, then it becomes easy for your Jets. You better end up taking it. Then we're not trading. Then you have to you have to take Trevor Lawrence. I used to be a after watching him on TV, uh, before I got to South Carolina, I was like, you know, he's good. Like, granted, he's good. Obviously, he won the national title as a freshman, blah, blah, blah. Set all those records. He was good. Watching him play in person, I can easily say Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback I've seen college or pro play. He had some he had some passes to T. Higgins that I, that you couldn't draw up being more back shoulder corner end zone dropped in like it was nothing. I, he's a surefire barring injury, obviously knock on wood. He's, he's going to be an elite level prospect. He takes Jacksonville to a whole new level. I think we'll see DJ Chark, uh, LaVisca Chanel and James Robinson have monster years. Should they go with Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the Jets was the perfect decision. Now you're going to have Kyle Shanahan's offense really brought into New York, a run, run-based run offense. I think you guys are going to have to really find a running back. That's going to be your biggest tool now. And do you – so I actually thought you would go in the draft with Sewell if you don't trade out, take the tackle, especially lineup. You got now Becton and Sewell on both sides. Have Darnold protected a little bit. But I do like – the potential of trading down, taking a wide receiver. I really do. I think you, you really need someone that Darnold can say, all right, I can go to this guy whenever I want, and he'll make a play, whether it's in double coverage or whatever, too. So. Yeah. For the Jets, I think it all comes down to what do you want to address in free agency. Obviously, there's a pretty solid receiving uh, group in free agency this year with Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay. Despite Galladay getting nicked up this year, this is really the first time we've seen in his career him struggle with injuries and uh, I think it was also good for him to I think it's going to be good for him to get out of that situation 
uh, in Detroit. You really don't think that's a place uh, you'd want to be playing if you're me. So if they address wide receiver and free agency, I would love a Sewell pick at two uh, because you know you're not going to be able to get him at five if you trade with Cincinnati. Yeah. That's their guy. I think it's pretty clear. They need offensive line help. Uh, like you said, it's a power run offense. Najee Harris at 23, if he's there. I think is the Jets guy. I like and that. I would, my ideal draft for the Jets, obviously Trevor Lawrence is not dropping the two, but if he dropped the two, I, did, I would, I would drive to New York and make the pick. I'd be announcing the pick. Uh, I think the perfect draft for the Jets, if they don't trade down is Sewell at two, uh, Najee Harris at 23. And then my guy who I think is going to be a steal of a draft pick Deon, I believe it's Deontay or Dion Brown from Alabama, the offensive guard. Yep. 6'4", 350, has not allowed a sack in the four years he's played at Alabama. Yep. You have an offense. And he's somehow still a second-round grades for some reason. It's guards, man. They, nobody wants to draft guards. But you have an offensive line of Sewell, Brown, and if you move Sewell to right tackle, you got Becton at left tackle. You move Becton to right tackle, you are going to – Whoever that – Najee Harris is going to be in heaven with that <laughs> with that offensive line. And Sam Darnold – we might have to get Sam Darnold stilts to see over everyone, being that everybody is so big. But I think that's an ideal situation. You got to give Darnold at least one chance to yeah. see what he could do. Absolutely. Even though, even though after what I saw this year I didn't love, but with Gase, Gase was just a – just a train wreck. So I, I know it's been really brutal for Jets fans. Um, I, I know I lived in New York for a while. I understood your guys's pain, pain, just straight pain, pain. pain, pain. Yeah. And then for Jacksonville, you have to go Trevor Lawrence because you are probably you're literally a quarterback away from being right in contention to win that division. Cause that division in the AFC South is one of the more gettable ones, especially with potentially Phillip rivers gone. For Indianapolis, who knows they're, they're going to be playing a quarterback. And then if you stop Derrick Henry, you can beat the Titans nine times out of ten. So that would be yeah. really intriguing. Matt, before I let you go, I'm going to give you one last question. What is your take on the Deshaun Watson situation? And where would you like to see him go if he leaves Houston? Uh, am I a homer if I say I'd like to see him in uh, the Jets green and white? Is it's that, fine. Is it's that, fine. It's fine. It's a mean, possibility. Yeah, obviously Deshaun Watson is one of probably the top six or seven quarterbacks in the game, and you have him controlled for so long. Uh, I think the situation in Houston is toxic. I think we've seen for years, especially with players speaking out, when you get a guy like Andre Johnson, who's not super vocal since he's retired, wasn't even that vocal when he played, uh, speaking out and saying, we got to believe Deshaun, like he's telling the truth, that there's issues there. Uh I think we we got to take that for what it is. Uh, clearly, Deshaun isn't happy with what's going on. Should they hire Eric Bieniemy? I think he might have a change of heart and stay, but I don't think they go that route. I think they're going to do typical Houston Texans and just go with the coaching carousel of uh, reused toys in the NFL. Watch out for Jason Garrett to go there. That would be a very interesting hire uh, for them. But I think it's going to end up being if Brian Flores in Miami wants Deshaun Watson. We saw the report that a lot of the management likes Tua, but a lot of the players are not sold on him. So if it's going to come down to if Brian Flores wants to give up that third pick, which is Houston's, their pick, Tua, 
and a whole slew of other assets to get his guy and Deshaun. If they get Deshaun, I think it's going to be a bad day to be a Jets fan having to see Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson four times a year. Without a doubt. And I think I think this, this team, I'm actually sold on the San Francisco 49ers. I think that would be a home run again, like Miami is, it would be a home run. You plug them in with Kyle Shanahan, arguably the best play caller in the NFL against, you have a running game. He's never had a running game. And then you have those speedsters on the outside in Iuke, and then you have the best, arguably the best tight end in football on George Kittle. I really think that puts San Francisco right back in contention to win the Super Bowl, especially with they really didn't play with anyone healthy all year. No. And they still almost snuck in and had an opportunity to make the playoffs, and they were unhealthy all year playing a second and third string quarterbacks. I think Jimmy G might be looking out to head back to Bill, honestly, in New, New England. My question is, though, if you're San Francisco, what is your package to get Deshaun Watson? What are you giving up? Are you throwing in Ayuk, Debo Samuel? Are you throwing in one of those two? I think you throw in one of the running backs. We get, they got plenty of those. You probably throw in a running back. You might, you might see a couple defensive pieces maybe thrown in there. Don't be surprised if, like, Fred Warner, their, our top line, their top linebacker, gets thrown mm-hmm. in there. I think that would kind of sell some stuff, and then you give up the, your first-round pick. I think, I think no matter what, I think Deshaun is going to cost, depending on the position, one or two firm starters and at least three or four picks, two of, two of the four being first-rounders this year, next year. I think you- that's just what it is. Yeah, and well, you know, they ain't gonna botch it again like they did, or like O'Brien did. You never, you know, they're gonna oversell for the next twenty years, trying to make sure that they get as much as possible back after that mockery of a trade. How many, how many times have we seen the GM head coach? Oh, I'm both work really once, and that's yeah, Bill. I agree. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your Friday to come on Final Whistle and Talk Sports with me. It was great to catch up a little bit. Uh, Hopefully we can do this again soon and have you on. Absolutely. Thanks again. Of course. Well, that's another edition of Final Whistle, everyone. We've made our picks for the the NFL playoffs as well. We kind of touched base what was happening on in the NFL coaching carousel as well as that crazy trade that happened in the NBA this week. Watch out for another episode that's coming out on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Enjoy your sports.